they're finally recognizing that the system is truly the root cause of many of the problems. And so we all know it won't be a quick fix, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but if it is at least recognized and starting to be addressed, I remain hopeful that we will see some improvements. Hello there. Welcome to Treasures and Truth with Tope. I'm excited that you're here. I'm your host, Dr. Tope Kiku. Everyone wants to feel happy, but it's easy to lose hope and feel so defeated in a chaotic world that's full of problems. This podcast is all about helping you discover that hidden treasures in your trials so you can renew your confidence and live in freedom. If you're going through a difficult season right now and need encouragement, you'll find that support here. Um, May I ask you a favor? If you like this podcast, please subscribe, leave a rating and review to help this podcast get noticed. So sit back and relax. On the show today, I have a special guest uh, who is a physician. She's practiced emergency medicine for 20 years and served as director of a large emergency center for 15 of those years. And in more recent times, she's transitioned to coaching, and she is the president of Dr. Deb Leeds. As a certified personal and professional coach, she uses her background in neuroscience to help individuals and organizations make transformational and long-lasting changes. So her passion, is to help you reset, realign, and redesign your future. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Deb Williams to the show. Welcome, Deb. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Tope. I am so looking forward to our conversation and sharing today. Thank you. So, Dr. Deb, to start us off, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you made that transition from emergency medicine to coaching. You know, Tope, I um, I had a fantastic career, and I was one of those lucky people who absolutely could say she loved what she did, and I loved going to work every day. It was my calling. It, you know, it God placed this calling on me to help people, mm-hmm. and I loved doing that. Um, I ended up having some pretty extensive back surgery and had to make some choices about whether I could continue compromising part of my health to continue being an emergency medicine physician, or was it time for me to transition and do something else? What was important to me was I needed to still be helping people have an impact on their lives, even though it would look different than the impact I had at the bedside. Mm -hmm. And I was so fortunate when I attended a conference to meet two fellow physicians, Mm -hmm. um, females who had already done the coach training and were in the process of transitioning from full-time practice to coaching. And um, they shared their time and wisdom with me Mm -hmm. and encouraged me. And it just sounded like something I was looking for. And so I, I 
ended up going to Coach's Training Institute and making that transition um, from the bedside to um, working with people in a different way. In a different way. Yeah, I like that. Uh, thank you for sharing that story. So you made that transition from emergency medicine because you met those other two women who were doing something similar and that just encouraged you. Wow. Yes. So what are some problems uh, that you see in healthcare? And I said, I guess I, I will ask this in two parts. So what are some problems that you see in healthcare? And then as a physician, um, what's the toughest thing that you've encountered? You know, Tope, we have a system that really is broken and has been for quite some time. So as far as how to fix it, there's so many different avenues. I will just make it concise. In my opinion, part of the biggest problem is what I call the corporatization of medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, I certainly understand the business of medicine. I understand the need for a profit and to make money, et cetera. Understand all of that. Um, It's concerning to me when I feel like sometimes the bottom line comes before true patient care and patient first. And so there becomes a conflict at times. It encroaches on that physician-patient relationship that I think probably every physician feels like is of the utmost importance. So when it encroaches on that relationship and a physician feels like they can't always do what they feel like is in the best interest of their patient, Mm -hmm. it just creates dysregulation and and lack of coherence Mm -hmm. in why you're there. So, so if I'm hearing you, uh, if I'm hearing you, well, so the, the healthcare system is, is broken in the sense that yes, it's a kind of business model, uh, but it it interferes with that natural calling for physicians as helpers to help people. Yes, too often that turns out to be the case. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so how do you how do you then use coaching to help? In working with my physician colleagues, there's so there's any number of ways to help them. Um, I don't particularly love the word burnout um, because it carries negative connotations. But for this conversation, it's something that everyone is familiar with. So, yes, and I would actually like you to tell us a little bit more about that burnout. As you see, I think with physicians, yeah. You know, I think we're in a situation. Tope again um, with government setting regulations, with corporate entities setting regulations, et cetera. So there's far more regulations that are demanding time to be met from physicians. Mm-hmm. Um, while the premise of electronic medical records mm-hmm. is important, mm-hmm. um, some things are missing in that for the original at- intent of being able to share those records and make it easier, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it has placed a big burden on physicians trying to complete the charting electronically in a timely manner while taking care of their patients and paying attention to them rather than staring at a computer, et cetera. Um, So 
you know, the, the, the lack of autonomy or autonomy being dissipated, um, electronic medical records, lack, do more with less, mm -hmm. lack of appreciation, mm -hmm. lack of their voice being heard or control over their work environment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I could go on and on, but those are some big items that just I work with my clients on, you know, it, it gets frustrating. You, you spend 10, 12, 15 years in training um, only to be disregarded for your expertise and your hard work, et cetera. Um, and so our term, at least in the emergency medicine world is it's moral injury. You can call it burnout. You can call it whatever. It's moral injury. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so physicians have, I mean, I am familiar with I am familiar with that a little bit. So physicians spend many years in training, like you mentioned, 10 to 15 years in training. And then you have all this expertise. You acquired all this knowledge to be able to help people. And but there are barriers. The system places barriers in the way of doing that. And in the end, while it's the system thinks it's doing good uh, on the one hand, but it's causing harm and injury to the helpers. So the doctors are ending up getting burned out. And I assume that I, I would imagine that makes uh, them uh, to quit or to look for other options because this is no longer viable. I've seen many colleagues um, and I work with coaching clients about do I stay or do I go? Um, that That's how frustrated and disappointed they are. And so... I've worked with many that if there was any question in their mind about how much longer they were going to practice or whatever, they go. They've they've chosen the option to leave the profession. Others, much younger, um, are still looking at alternative ways they can use their education and expertise aside from direct patient care. Wow. That is that is somewhat disheartening. So if if they've spent all these years in training and they're now not able to use it and they're having to leave, how how can we remedy this? Because long term, I mean, in the short term, as people leave, that means there's a shortage. Those people are no longer in the medical system to be able to care for those patients. So what what do you think is is a well, remedy. I think one thing that is very encouraging, Tope, is the National Academy of Medicine, or NAM, mm -hmm. has joined forces with numerous, you know, physicians, nursing, a big conglomerate, and they are recognizing the drawbacks to, to each sector. You know, the, the nurses are overwhelmed in dealing with electronic records and everything mm -hmm. as well. It's not just physicians. Mm -hmm radiology techs, everyone. Mm -hmm. So I have great hope that NAM is identifying the culture that has to be changed and the system changes that have to occur because that's where it starts. You know, staffing has to be appropriate. It is a big issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The electronic medical records have to be streamlined. They have to be user-friendly. 
and possibly you have a scribe for everyone who is using them. So that person does the data input and it still leaves the expertise and the highly trained people to do what they were trained to do. Um, so those are two things that I can think of, but they're they're finally recognizing that the system is truly the root cause of many of the problems. And so we all know it won't be a quick fix, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but if it is at least recognized and starting to be addressed, yeah. I remain hopeful that we will see some improvements. Oh, thank you for that hope. We need hope. So if you're a <laughs> professional, if you're in the medical profession and you are uh, experiencing burnout, what uh, Dr. Deb is telling us is don't stay silent. Uh, you have a voice. Get help. There's help out there. There are people like Dr. Deb who have been uh, on the other end and are now on the other side and are willing to help coach others and help them look at possibilities and options. So there is hope. There is hope. Um, so, Dr. Dev, thank you for that insight that you provided on, on how even the medical association is involved in looking for solutions, how they're now aware of these problems and are willing to come alongside of the different uh, groups in the medical field to remedy some of these uh, things that you've raised today. So how do you help professionals uh, to address generational differences in the workplace. Uh, one of the tools that I know that you use a lot is HeartMath. So if you can tell us a little bit more about that. Um, just briefly, um, Tope, HeartMath really, um, I could go on for an entire hour about <laughs> HeartMath, um, but the HeartMath Institute has been in existence for several years and does significant research in regards to heart rate variability um, and how that affects the entire rest of our body. Um, they've done extensive research along these lines with trauma victims, PTSD and um, children that have experienced trauma growing up. And they have a now expanded into using this for pet and equine therapy. Mm -hmm. And their latest project, this fascinates me, and then I'll give a little more explanation, but their latest project is they are putting sensors on trees all over the world mm -hmm. to measure the energetic field. Because through their research, they've realized that the, the energetic fields from us as humans from animals, from nature, mm -hmm. all coincides for the well-being. So I'm just fascinated that they're they're incorporating that into the rest of what they have studied. Mm -hmm. um, in a nutshell, for how it applies to us as humans, basically, mm -hmm. is we live to pay either incoherence which means that we have a regular pattern of breathing, a regular heart rate, mm -hmm. or we're in dis, di, we're dysregulated. Mm -hmm. We're breathing fast and shallow. Our heart rate is jumping all over the place and, and fast and pausing. And what happens when we're in that dysregulated state is that we can't think clearly. Mm -hmm. We don't sleep well. 
nothing integrates. And our heart sends messages to our mind Mm -hmm. that sends messages to the rest of our body. So it's all about that regulating and integrating heart, mind, body, spirit. You can't separate them. Wow, that's a neat concept. So um, so regulating the heart, mind, body, spirit. So what's going on in the mind is affecting the body. It's affecting the whole system. It's There's a phrase I love that I picked up and I don't remember. I would give credit, but I don't remember who said this. Yeah. Um, but it's the mind thinks, the heart knows. Ah, I like that. The mind thinks, the heart knows. Yes. So I refer to that as listen to your heart. And, you know, there's a verse that that stands out to me, um, Tope, that I had in my devotions recently, too, that says the heart is the soil where the Lord sows spiritual seed. Yes. I love that. The heart is the soil where the Lord sows spiritual seeds. That's 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 a, a good word right there. Um, our heart is where we connect with the Lord. And so the heart math, even though it's it's a scientific, they're taking a scientific approach to it. What you just did with that verse is bringing it to, back to the source, back to the original creator of the heart math. Yeah. yeah. And just to kind of summarize it, the thing I love the best about it, Tope, yeah. there's several different ways to use heart math, but I will just mention one. Yeah. For the sake of time right now, but yeah. it's just called quick coherence. Okay. And this is where you can use this anywhere at any time. Mm-hmm. So it can last for longer. It can last for 30 seconds or one minute. And honestly, it's just, if it's easy, I invite people to close their eyes if they want to, but if they don't, that's fine. If you're sitting in a meeting and you're getting angry or frustrated or whatever, and you just need to come back to coherence, you take deep breaths in mm-hmm. and out, mm-hmm. three or four, until you feel yourself calming down, your heart rate is slowing down, whatever's going on, you notice those emotions. And then after you get the breathing regulated, you connect to your heart. You imagine that you are breathing in and out of your heart. Hmm. And while you're doing that, once you connect to your heart, Mm -hmm. then you think of something or someone that you are so grateful for. And so it brings that feeling of gratefulness and appreciation, which we all know there's so many studies about the positive impact of being grateful. Yes. And so there you have right there in one minute, you've grounded yourself. You've changed your perspective if you were dysregulated. And you can move forward with more clarity in your mind. Wow, Dr. Uh, Dr. Deb, you just shared a really neat tool with our listeners. Um, so 
I, I would imagine this would help someone who's dealing with anxiety as well, not just burnout. Yeah. Uh, anytime Absolutely. we feel dysregulated, right? Or people who get nervous public speaking and they're getting ready to go into a meeting or in mm-hmm. front of an audience or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I do this 30 seconds. I have now started this habit or it's in place. I do this before every coaching client because it clears my mind and it grounds me so I am fully present with that client. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That that's a, that's a really neat tool. And I I I mean I I know you personally and so you've you've shown you've demonstrated to us how to do this in person and I yeah, I can't tell you enough about it. It takes less than a minute and you can go from frazzled to calm. And mm-hmm. that's an awesome tool. That's a neat tool. I would highly recommend it to our listeners. Um, so Dr. Deb, um, as we um, as we uh, continue our conversation, so who else besides your coaching clients, can anybody benefit from hard math? Who else can benefit? Absolutely. Like I said, it you know, if you're a leader, if you're a parent, any role in life, we all get triggered. Yeah. And if we just take a minute and think about who do I want to be right now, mm-hmm. you know, before we yell at our children, before we're dictating to somebody about doing something wrong at work and the project didn't work and this and that. If we take that 30 seconds or one minute, we have to be aware that we're triggered. And then we ask ourselves that question, who do I want to be in this moment? And start the exercise. You're able to catch it. You're, you're, proactive you're able to catch it before it gets completely out of control and you are screaming and yelling or you're storming out of the room or you are accusing someone or you're making false assumptions about something um it's just that stop for a moment because in scientific terms you know the amygdala is that little nut-shaped portion of your brain Mm -hmm. right in the middle of your brain. And that's where our emotions are controlled. Mm -hmm. And so if your amygdala gets hijacked by the trigger, there's three options, fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. And none of those usually serve us well. Mm -hmm. But they're automatic because our brains were built for survival. Yeah. So it triggers any threat or potential threat. Mm -hmm. So if you can become mindful and aware Mm -hmm. before you get hijacked, you're able to handle situations better. So Dr. Deb, what I just had you say is before the train leaves the station, (laughs) before that train leaves the station, before you get hijacked, Calm yourself. Hard math can help to bring calm before that train leaves the station. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, Tope, there's several different ways 
there's four or five different ways. Another quick way I would say is if you feel like you're stuck with something, just that you are stuck. So if you write that down and then you you go through the steps Mm -hmm. and with the gratitude and thinking along those lines, you ask yourself, how could I look at this differently? So once you're in coherence, once you're calm, then you ask the question of what would be a different way to look at this? Mm-hmm. And it opens possibilities for a new perspective on what has you stuck or frustrated or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so I, so when that trend is the station, um, it, we're prone to just getting stuck in one story, one narrative. And what I'm hearing you say is we can use this process to get unstuck and be able to see other perspectives, to be able to see other possibilities. And that just opens up uh, a new way of seeing, being, and thinking. And I, I like I like that. I like what you what you described right there. Um, so, Doctor Deb, as we round up, what's one thing that you would like for our guests to take away? I know we talked about several things today. Uh, we talked about uh, your transitioning from emergency medicine to coaching and how you've used coaching in the uh, to help professionals, um, and then how specifically how you're using heart math to help them. So what's one thing that you would like our uh, guests, to t- our listeners to take away? I think the one thing is, you know, I've given you a tool, however you want to adjust it to work for yourself. The takeaway, I think, Tope, is choice. Yes. You have a choice how you respond rather than react. You have a choice. And now you have a tool. Thank you so much, Dr. Dave. You have a choice. Listeners, we have a choice in how we respond. And she's given us a tool to help shape our response. Wow. So we're not reactive. Thank you so much. So um, how can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Um, I am on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're able to share that link with people. It's Deborah Williams um, and drdevleads.com is my website. Mm-hmm. And um, either of those, I'm accessible and uh, we'll get back with people quickly. Okay. I love helping people move forward in their lives toward their goals. Okay. Well, uh, thank you again. So Dr. Deb, uh, you've given us a a wealth of information today and you've given us a tool, a a really neat tool that we can use in half a minute to calm down, to not allow that train of anxiety to leave the station. And we can be in coherence with ourselves and connect heart, mind, body, spirit, and soul. Uh, so thank you again for coming on Treasures and Truth. We talk about, I hope Dr. Deb's uh, story inspires you to, to bring your heart, body, mind, and soul together to connect them and to know that you have a choice in how you respond. 
And she's given us a tool to do that. Um, I will have show notes for you at hiddentreasuresandriches.com. I will also include in the show notes how you can connect with Dr. Deb Williams uh, on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn and on her website. And she's also on Facebook. So thank you again for joining us. Uh, remember to subscribe, leave a rating, review, and to help spread the word about this podcast. I thank you in advance for doing that. And lastly, I would like to remind you that God has answers. Whatever situations you may be dealing with, whether it's burnout at home, at work, uh, or relationship issues, or any other crisis, God has answers. Uh, so until next time, uh, I look forward to seeing you again and God bless.